Did you guys see that trailer for the the Discovery short with the tribbles? The tri- the trouble with Edward. I I haven't seen the. He hasn't even seen the Picard trailer yet. Or I haven't seen the was it Q and A? Yeah, he didn't watch Q and A yet. Either. I haven't seen that yet. Either. The what? The, the, first the, the first Star Trek short. first short trek. Oh, I haven't seen Just, that yet either. Oh, it's pretty damn good. I saw that there were tribbles. <laughs> and H. John Benjamin. Yeah, I saw that too. I know. Is he going to voice the tribbles? No, he's the, he's <laughs> he's like he's no, like he's like the mad scientist. I saw him. I was, I'm pretty stoked about it. You know, awesome. uh, we could be having this conversation as part of the podcast. No, this is our cold open. Yeah. <laughs> Burr. Just no introduction. Just go right into it. Yeah. You can introduce yourself. You know, it always sounds silly because you guys are always like, I'm the... Wait, what am I? Co-host? Co-host? Wait, am I the host? You guys always sound unsure of who exactly you are. It's part of our charm. Is that what it is? I'm Andy Fark. I'll be your co-host for this evening. My other co-host will be Mike Rittenhouse sitting across from me. Am I a co-host? You sure are, buddy. <laughs> sure are. Okay. I'm not, sure are. I'm not sure because Chris has confused me now because he are, says that he doesn't know what we are. Hey, guess what? We have another co-host this evening. <laughs> I prefer to think of myself as a, as a host. Co-co-host. I'm a co-co-host. Co-co-host. Just call me Coco. <laughs> <laughs> that is Chris Spurgeon of the band Five Year Mission, AKA as we all are. Coco. Old, old Coco Spurgeon it's over be a here. Thing now. <laughs> I sure as hell hope it is. <laughs> because from now on, you are Coco Spurgeon, and I think Jen- I think I think your wife Jennifer is gonna love. She might that your name is Coco. Well, Spurgeon. Well, you know, now. we almost uh, named our daughter Crystal Pepsi, so why not? That's true, according to Noah. <laughs> yeah, but that we, we don't trust Noah That's because not a true story because Noah's on fall break right now, mm-hmm. and he couldn't be here because he's not teaching. He's out frolicking somewhere yeah that's the weird thing well one of our band members is on fall break somewhere and we don't know where he is or what he's doing he's very so Noah, if you hear this very secretive like that probably in a field he's probably in a cabin with no electricity peeing in a bucket (laughs) like literally (laughs) not on a raw bass in the corner (laughs) it, it sounds like a joke (laughs) <laughs> but that's probably what he's doing what's hilarious is that we've known it might not be a bucket yeah we've known noah for so long we all we know is that he has some property down near bloomington indiana we have no clue where it is we have not seen photos of what he lives in while he's down there all we know is that he kind of roughs it he insists it exists yeah there's a lot of information about Noah's personal life. <laughs> well, that's, we can we can cut this out. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, we, we won't. No. no, we won't. No. no, people need to. People deserve the truth. Coco. They need to know. <laughs> he just realized it, Cole. Go go. So tonight, can uh, we go to the theme song now. <clears throat> there we go. Perfect. Cue theme song. By now you've figured out that this is the five-year mission podcast. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode four. This week's episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com and stay tuned for this week's special Five-Year Mission, the podcast discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. This is the first podcast I'm doing without drinking. I'm trying a new thing. (laughs) 
res- Mountain Dew. Respect my life choices. I had I, I actually had a Red Bull on the way here. Oh my! So I'm nice and amped up for tonight's subject. <laughs> That's good. Speaking oh. of tonight's subject, <laughs> ever been to a party and just been a wallflower, a real nerd, not knowing how to start conversations, get to know other people? Eh, you're all right. But in case you ever do want to do that do and start you? some conversations, Mountain do it. <laughs> Thanks, Coco. Uh, we are going to do a little icebreakers game tonight because on our first podcast, we had this discussion afterwards. It's like, you know, we've been a band for this long. We don't we'd heard stories that we had never heard from each other before. And we kind of liked that. And since this is five year mission, the podcast uh, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, we could do what we want. So tonight we're going to play a little icebreakers game. We each wrote down five random questions, some about Star Trek, some not. Um, we'll see what we get into. Who wants to start? Coco, you got all yours on one sheet of paper. I do have them on one sheet of paper. You guys like a got n- all crazy. Nerd. Put them because I thought we were going to put them all in a hat. Oh, well, so, so did Mike. That's only when we pick yeah. songs. We we had we had a plan. Way to ruin the plan, Chris. That's what I do. I make plans better. Coco's a plan ruiner. <laughs> I'm a plan ruiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so why don't we kick it off with a Star Trek-related question? All right. Keep the audience. <clears throat> Got to draw them in. Keep, keep their attention. Yeah. Okay, so this is for both of you. I would hope. <laughs> I hope for, for all three of us. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that works, too. <laughs> If you could be any alien race from Star Trek, any of the series, what would it be and why? Mm. Human, because I'm human. Alien race. (laughs) You 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 don't qualify as... You can make pretend with this, Mike. Yeah, you can't be human because that's not an alien race. I mean, from our perspective. Sure. All right. Uh, Let me think about it. Humanoid. Which seems like most Star Trek races. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think, Andy? What do I think? Horta? <laughs> no way I'd be a Horta. Have to, I'd have to lay eggs all the time and then start attacking random people to no. protect protect well, my eggs. Not necessarily. No, no. Well, but most likely. Depends on the, you know. The people I encounter. How many miners you have. How many, hey. Ru- running about. How many, hey, how many orange jumpsuits are scared of me? Yeah. <laughs> so what alien race? Jimadar. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you want to be addicted to liquid cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> it is time now. I think I'd probably be Bajoran, honestly, because I dug their I dug I dug Bajor as a planet itself because we saw I got to see a lot of it. Um, they seem like a pretty peaceful peaceful people until the wrong people piss them off, and then you're gonna lead a revolt. In that case, I will be Cardassian. <laughs> Oh, we're going to come to blows, Spoonhead. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Hmm. This is a hard one for Mike. It, it really he's, is. He's deliberating. No, it, it is. This is a hard question. It's not. I mean, well, I guess I guess I come up with just a quick. Just easy so you answer. know, you aren't really going to become this alien race. Uh, yeah. So there's, not, is, there's not a high level of pressure. Yeah. It's not like we're going to transform yeah, you based yeah. on your answer or anything. Plus, I could always change it later if I don't like the same. Change it in post. (laughs) Corrections and redactions. (laughs) The the alien race that I would actually like to be. (laughs) No fair. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Soong Android. Really? Yeah. Uh, what is, the, what is that? Interesting. Data's awesome. Well, would you have <laughs> the chip installed or no? Um, yeah, I think I'd like to be able to turn it on and off. You know, right. experience things with no emotion and then see what it's like with emotion. All right. Do your own little experiments. So this isn't what I would what I would choose. But do you, do you think hologram like the doctor would qualify as a race? I think so. Uh, I mean, uh, we... according to the episode of Voyager, where they fight for his rights or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, they they declare holograms as a race. Yeah, and then plus you got you got Vic Fontaine being awesome. Or yeah. or or did maybe they didn't. I can't remember now. Did they which way did they rule on that? I can't remember now. Did you just ask me a Voyager question? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, good. I'm looking directly at you, Andy. No, I'm good. You, you recently saw it. You recently watched it for a second time. I know. So you guys had the I conversation about Vic Fontaine when I wasn't here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was never a huge I I was never a huge fan of the holodeck in any form. Or anything that was created on the holodeck. I, I like holodeck episodes, but yeah, um, Vic was fifty-fifty on those probably. I liked Vic. Okay, he was not my favorite, but you gotta admit that he he did really come into his own, and it's only a paper moon, and actually had, like was able to show like empathy and yeah. I mean, I think he was a, I think he was a decent character. Oh. I, he just was yeah. never my. One of my favorites. He was a I high, seem to like him quite a bit. He, I do. He he was a higher level hologram, like mm -hmm. like like the doctor, you yeah. know, where he has a lot more to his program. Arguably than just, sentient. And yeah. he was and he was able to stay on twenty eight hours a day then. Yeah. Twenty six hours 26? a day. Twenty six? I kept thinking twenty what did I have yeah. twenty eight in my head. Andy tries to be a nerd. He tries. I try. <laughs> I try. I get small facts wrong. Well. So do you have a race in mind, Chris, for yourself? Well, I wasn't I'm gonna be a Vulcan because Vulcans be, are cool. I like their haircuts. <laughs> I'll be a Vulcan because you know high level intelligence. They're strong. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. They can read minds. True. They Only can, with consent. They, they can take you down by just touching your neck. Yeah. Most of the time. Either that or, um, you know, like a, a Q or or a Squire because. You know, the whole omnipotence thing. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be like a... I like power. You want to be a Charlie X? <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. You can, you, can, you can just randomly start start uh, your own mariachi band anytime you want. Yeah. Just <laughs> nod, nod your head, hear like an I Dream of Genie sound effect, and then suddenly someone doesn't have a face. Yeah. Yeah. It's clearly I'm power hungry. Mike, you got a question for us? Sure. Out of your pile let me, that you separately let me, wrote on individual sheets of paper. Like we were supposed to. Yeah. I'm shuffling my questions. <laughs> Look, I can bring up the text messages if you guys want. <laughs> it was implied. <laughs> Ooh, way to flourish. What is a musical favorite of yours? Now, this can what? be... <laughs> Meaning, like a you know any kind of a favorite thing musically, band, song, a band, video, a song, uh, an album, a com right. composer, a, a musical. Um, right. You know, so, uh, don't say Xanadu. It, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be your very favorite, but just a favorite. <laughs> so you don't have to think that hard. Just pick something that's that's, that's important to you. 
my favorite song of all time still to this day and i've never been able to cover it in a band xanadu I, no there's never going to be xanadu is a, a quick one while he's away by the who i mean that has a lot of different elements to it and it's a fantastic song and keith moon is one of the one of the reasons why i started playing drums and have the style that i do besides animal from the muppets and tommy lee from motley crew but yeah if you've never heard that song check out the version from uh the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. It's like the live version, kind of, but like in studio. But I guess it only took them one take. And it's mm. phenomenal. It's really cool because like all the bands that came on, they did like one or two songs. And then it got like the finale was like the Stones doing like six of their big hits. But it was all underneath like a circus tent. And they mm. were all like the Stones were all dressed in like circus regalia and all this stuff. But yeah. Quick, a quick one while he's away by the Who. They did one song, and apparently, rumor has it, was that the reason it didn't get released on home video was because the Stones were kind of jealous because the Who blew them away with one song <laughs> as, opposed, as opposed to all six of theirs. I got one. So, anybody who knows me has probably heard me talk about this, but the first time I ever saw it, I was just... I was riveted the whole time, and it was just amazing. I thought it was amazing. And that is Stop Making Sense, the concert video, Talking Heads. And just David Byrne, to me, is one of the most innovative, interesting artists of my time. Mm -hmm. He just, the things he does, and he's he's fearless. Like, he does, he has an idea, or he finds somebody to collaborate with, and he just does it. And, you know, he's run the gamut between rock music in the 70s and playing clubs like CBGB. Yeah. And playing, you yeah. know, more pop stuff through the 80s. He did a lot of like world music, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of traveling. And some of his his stuff that he's done recently is just phenomenal. Anyway, Stop Making Sense was the first real exposure I had to a concert video. And it's just so good. Just the it's just conceptually awesome. The music is awesome. It's a little bit dated because of, of when it was done. But that's, you know, that's the one, if you don't know, where David Byrne wore the big suit. And then if you have the DVD, he does a, he interviews himself. Oh. It's, it's called like David Byrne interviews David Byrne or David Byrne on Byrne. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and it just goes back from, it's, it's like a two camera, camera view where it goes back and forth between himself sitting in two different chairs. <laughs> that's he, awesome. But the whole time he's just playing it totally straight, you know, in this David Byrne way. Clearly, he's one of my my idols. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. obvious. No, it's it it, it it I think I think that influence definitely shows in your songwriting too. Yeah, I so, love that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. How about I, you, Mike? I feel like all of my selections are really lame now compared to <laughs> what you guys have said because we're so in-depth with our answers yeah and it's more interesting than just naming like a song that you like or right. or something i mean yours was a song but still it had yeah. like a story behind it and i'm, I'm kind of racking my brain now trying to think of something a little more interesting molly crew too fast for love yeah that was my idea <laughs> <laughs> you're so predictable mike well uh, that that was that was definitely at the top of my list there there's a few things i wanted to i was thinking about mentioning but xanadu um actually what's funny is you know he brought up xanadu <laughs> and i know we, we've told this story many times but you know five not, year not mission, on this podcast five year mission would not exist without xanadu well, I mean, you might be giving Xanadu a little too much credit. Well, however, too much. credit it, credit. However, it did. It was definitely 
a major factor in getting you and I together. Yeah. To to you know our our first a bonding real meeting. Moment. Yeah. 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 It was a real bonding <clears throat> moment. Um. Yeah, we, we bonded over Xanadu because my band covered it at the first time Chris ever came to see us play. And, and it, just, it, it gave us something to talk about. Well, and the story was, though, you guys were up. It was one of those shows where nobody was in the front. It was just like this horseshoe of people around okay, the stage. Uh, OK, so it was standing a, as far it, back it, as they could get. It was a Fourth of July showcase. Yeah. And, it, and it started at noon Ugh. and we were the first band. Like, I, I think we were the first band, like right at, at yeah, noon. Yeah, you guys right? were really early. And Chris's band wasn't playing until like eight o'clock. Yeah, we were playing inside it later on. And and, and so we. But he, yeah. So these guys are playing and I'm watching and I'm, I'm digging it. And then they they just but totally unexpected. They start playing Xanadu. Now, I grew up watching Xanadu. I don't know why, but my, parent, my parents. <laughs> because the, it's awesome. Well, yeah, we had the, you know, we had the LP. So Nerd. they start playing Xanadu and <laughs> no, you know, everybody's been politely clapping. <clears throat> and then there's this guy, me, fist pumping, going, Xanadu! Like, I know. Really, I'm like yelling Xanadu and you guys, <laughs> you guys all kind of look at me like, okay. <laughs> Somebody actually knew this. And so, you know, that, that was the impetus behind me going up to talk to them. But also, <laughs> I mean, I wanted to anyway, but it was just funny because <clears throat> that was kind of a, a bonding moment there. And. Well, and then Mike and I's bonding moment was over Motley Crue. Yeah. So okay. you, both of your picks yeah. were both bonding <laughs> moments for both me and Chris. That's, that's and true. With you. Um, yeah, so I guess I should mention my my actual top pick is uh, Motley Crue's first album, Too Fast for Love. It's uh, possibly my favorite album of all time. Um, it's, I a, mean, it's a good one. Yeah. I just really love that album. It's really good, and everyone should go listen to it. Darn right they should. Darn tootin'. Even if you don't like that kind of music, listen to it for me. <laughs> this is for Mike. All right, what do you got, Andy? Give what do I got? Yeah, let me let me pick, let me first pick, one. pick one of my random ones here. Oh, we just kind of covered that. What what was <laughs> it? Save for later. What is your favorite live concert experience? Oh, uh, so yeah, you I can. don't know. Mine would be different. Okay, what is? Well, let's go with that. What is your favorite live concert experience? So. I don't remember. It was probably 99, 2000, and the Smashing Pumpkins were playing in Chicago. And that was when Melissa Oftemar was playing, oh, was playing bass, bass for them. So yeah. Darcy wasn't with them anymore. Um, and James had left. Not James, but Jimmy, the drummer, mm -hmm. had, he'd left and he'd come back. So we go to this concert. And it's at um, the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. So mm. the Pumpkins are from Chicago. So it's always well, well attended. I mean, I'm sure Holy their shows are always yeah. well attended, but it's just a different energy. So we go up there and we got there really early. And the Aragon Ballroom is 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 open seating. So, well, mm. yeah, it's you don't sit. It's general just, admission. It's standing room only. Yes, yeah. general admission. So we, we, we get in there and we <laughs> are just kind of <clears throat> one row of people behind the the barrier so my buddy and i are there and my friend you guys know him his name's dan yeah so he's quite a bit shorter than i am very yes and we're standing side by side and these girls that we had met out outside they were standing in front of us so it was almost like we were you know right there in front mm -hmm. so about an hour in it's you know we're down in front and so it's super hot and sweaty 
and just like insane. I look over at Dan and he he looks a little bit taller. <laughs> it's because his feet weren't touching the ground because he had somehow been squished in with, you know, with everybody that was around him and just kind of inched up and was basically being supported by the people around him. And then it was so hot and, you know, I'm taller. And so I was able to get up and, you know, get some fresh air. Well, this girl that's in front of me was like just out. She just like passed out. So oh, I'm like I've, holding I've her up, <laughs> like try because um, she was like, she was kind of groggy and like saying, you know, don't let me fall down or something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll try. So this, this is a favorite concert experience. It was, well, and you know, she, but the thing is. Memorable. Through, oh, most memorable. Yeah, well, okay, memorable okay. But through all that, just the, the show was just bonkers. It was just so good. But uh, it was it was just such a fun show. It, it was it was a blast. It, it may not be the most memorable, but it is definitely a very memorable one for me. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the first time that I saw Ozma. There, uh, Ozma. Yeah, Ozma. O Z M A. So uh, Weezer was playing in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and which which tour? Um, this would have been 2001. Okay, so probably around so, Green album. So pro- yeah, I think. So. Uh, uh, Maybe even like is that, Maladroit. Is that, is that the one with Hashpipe? Yeah. I think that was the tour. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, a big group of us, uh, me and all my friends, we lived in Lafayette. We, like a bunch of us lived in this house together. We talked my sister into driving us to St. Louis because she had like a big Jeep kind of vehicle and we piled like nine people into this jeep oh god i remember and, those days and my sister drove like all the way there and and so we're at this concert and we, we go because it's weezer and and there were these girls that we hung out with that worked with us at, at target and they really wanted to go so that was the main reason that we were going <laughs> for girls <laughs> yeah i mean you know, we we liked weezer i yeah. I, I i liked weezer but um, we like girls more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a you know it's a two for one. So uh, so we 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 go there and uh, there's this band opening for them. Uh, the band is is called Ozma. We, we had never heard of them. Me either. And uh, they they blew my mind. Like they they blew me away. They 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 they, they were just in like a it's kind of a Weezer emo-y style. Yeah. Um, but it's not quite that, and it's. It's way more dynamic than Weezer. Okay. Um, I mean, not that Weezer doesn't have dynamics, uh, but, right? But you know, it's just that they're really uh, moody and interesting. And they're the album they had out at the time is called Rock and Roll Part Three, okay. and another album that I would hold up in among my like top favorite albums. You know, it's it's definitely in like my top twenty. Um, hmm. It's it's a really good album, really good band. So we saw them, and they were so good that by the time Weezer came on, we weren't even listening to Weezer. We didn't care about Weezer. <laughs> we were at the Ozma booth talking to them and like meeting them <laughs> and like buying everything that they had because wow. we thought they were so awesome. Huh. So that's. That was a pretty cool, memorable experience. Now I have a new old band to check out. Yeah, you should check them out. They uh, they don't really exist anymore. Yeah. Um, but they put out like four or five albums or you know EPs or whatever. Rock and Roll Part Three was the best one. Okay. 
So definitely check that one out. What you got, Andy? Concert experience. Mine are tough because it's like, do I go with like an iconic lineup that I've seen or do I go with the band I've seen 28 times or do I go with one that I just saw two weeks ago? That's rough, man. I'm going to do all three. Screw you guys. <laughs> Screw the rules. <laughs> do it. Uh, <clears throat> first one that was super duper memorable was the time I got to see Rage Against the Machine and Wu-Tang Clan okay, together. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Stop right there. First of all, that was on my short list. Okay, was it? Was it, that the one that, it was, that was that out concert. of Deer Creek? It was the same one, Where yeah. they, were they were ripping the chairs yep. out, of yeah. the, out of the pavilion and throwing them around? Because we, we've talked about the fact that we, yeah. were, we were both there. And what's funny is just now when you were like, screw you guys, I'm going to do all three. The first thing I thought was, well, I'm going to name off Rage Against the Machine as soon as he's done with this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the one that you said. So samesies. Samesies. Yeah. Continue. So, yeah, that was a fantastic <laughs> one. And I was glad to be able to see like both of those bands at like their height. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. The the energy. Oh, God, the energy that was concert almost a little too much. May be the most I've ever seen at any live performance like that. Yeah. I mean, it, so what are your other two? Other two. Um, <laughs> just two weeks ago, uh, I got to go with two of my oldest friends in the world, Dan and Justin, down to Memphis, Tennessee to Goner Fest. I got to see two bands that I've been fans of for like, a fan of for like 20 years but i've never been able to see them so i got to see oblivions uh but the thing about that one was that it was oblivions with quintron who was like a wurlitzer virtuoso and they did their album oblivions play nine songs with mr quintron from beginning to end and that was on friday night and then the next night not here come the mummies but the mummies and they've never played like a show that wasn't like on the coasts before so we've none of us have ever been able to see them before and we got to experience their live show before we cover that's, a bunch of their songs that's awesome in just like a couple of weeks i i saw some of your videos that you posted yeah i mean they're, they're they, they refer to themselves as budget rock so don't <laughs> don't expect some like weird guitar virtuosos that are like phenomenal or anything it's it's meant just to be dirty rock and roll and it's exactly what it is but then like a couple months ago, I uh, had the opportunity to see my favorite band ever, Avail. And they hadn't played for 12 years and they it didn't seem like they were going to tour. And then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, hey, we're getting back together for two shows in our hometown of Richmond. For, oh, no, one show initially. And then it's the tickets sold out. Luckily enough, I was one of the people that got in with the first 38 seconds that it took to sell out. Mm -hmm. And I was the only person in Indiana that was able to get tickets. Wow. So drove all the way there and then hung out in Richmond. It was crazy hot. But that was my 28th time being able to see a veil. And I was like. I had no voice the next day. <laughs> like, you can ask my girlfriend. She looked over at one point and I was like practically in tears watching a veil because it just they meant so much to me throughout the years. They got me through a lot of rough times. And again, seeing them 28 times in my life, there's something special about them to me. So what you got, Chris? If you could time travel, but you could only visit the past. To when would you go and why? Ooh. So if I were to travel through time, 
to to witness one thing, yeah, what, and what would it be? It's not specific. It doesn't you can even necessarily something. You can go and live there for a while. It's just, it's it's very open. Whatever, uh, just okay. however you want to interpret. Yeah. A time, a place, hmm. but it has to be the past. Just just think of like Bill and Ted. Yeah. Was there? I mean, think of <laughs> bands you'd want to see in their prime. Or right. Like, yeah, you'd I, want I, to experience I, I know. The first I'm, Star Trek I'm, conventions. I, that's, or that's, that's what I'm. Th- I'm thinking about so many things right now. It's so hard to narrow it down. I, okay. Okay. I, I would say probably like you know, if I only had one choice, I would pick something pretty amazing, like maybe the Beatles at Shea Stadium or hmm. something like that. Cool. Yeah, that would be cool. How about the Beatles at, at the Cavern? Yeah. Or in Hamburg. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. I actually think I would go much further back. I've always been fascinated by like the 20s and 30s, just the the music and the dress and the mm-hmm. movies, like all that stuff. Prohibition. Just, yeah, well, prohibition. <laughs> but it, mob. There's a lot of romanticism, I guess, about right. that about that time period. And I just think it would be really interesting just to go back in, 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 you know, just pick a time, pick a point in that, in that, in that era and just experience it for a while and just, you know, see what it was like firsthand. I think that'd be kind of cool. I, I I have a new answer. Okay. (laughs) I I would go back to 1939 by 10 copies of Action Comics number one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Put Easy them, Biff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I would seal them away somewhere safe where they would, you know, be preserved, preserved yeah. perfectly until the year 2019, and then I would go where no one knows it's there. I don't have to rely on someone to keep it there. But did so I know when it's you leave, there, you're gonna you're gonna that. drive down a road. There's gonna be a stone wall <laughs> about a quarter of a mile down. You're gonna see a tree that looks like it doesn't belong there. Easy red. <laughs> <laughs> I what's, just made a Shawshank reference I on know. this podcast. I like it. That was a pretty good Morgan Freeman, though. It wasn't That's, terrible. Yeah, no. that, it was better than your Scotty. <laughs> it was better than my Miles O'Brien. <laughs> so sorry. It was, it was it was better than your Miles. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like Scotty. <laughs> What's what's your time travel pick, Andy? Um, I I think I would probably travel back to like the mid seventies, like when I was born, basically. But the reasoning behind it was so I could see an early Devo show, mainly because I've I I've loved Devo ever since the first time I heard them play Whip It on MTV, and I would love I would have loved to seen them like at their height. They come out and they open up with like uncontrollable urge, and I would flip out. Okay, okay, enough with time travel. What's next? Uh, Ooh, yeah, Mike, what do you got? What has been the hardest five-year mission song for you to work on that you didn't write? Oof! Wolf in the fold. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not not the hardest to stomach. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Oh. Because it's easy to say, like, well, this was the hardest one for me to write. Yeah. But, like, what's the hardest one that you've had to work on <clears throat> that wasn't something that you were writing? Return to Tomorrow. And why Why is that? Because I kind of had to step out of my comfort zone with that drum beat that's behind there. Because mm-hmm. Noah had it just firmly in his brain <laughs> what he wanted. And I was like, all right, well, let me mess around with this for a bit. And to this day, like, I still kind of dumb it down from, like, what he wanted. Because yeah. I, it's still, 
it was it's it was, a hard one it was for, a very for me to busy play. beat yes yeah. very much and it's can me constantly moving well i constantly move throughout every single song but man it's just constant motion like more like that than yeah well he was he was also using a drum machine behind that yeah. i mean i realize there's machines <laughs> that do my job now but <laughs> your job more and more <laughs> there are machines to do your guys's jobs too there, there are they're they're getting better and better it's artificial intelligence if i could travel back in time i'd go back and destroy the first drum machine <laughs> no i wouldn't because then because then we wouldn't have hip-hop and that would suck you know the hardest i think the hardest for me and maybe it was because it was the first album, but it was Shore Leave. Because we were trying to figure out the right sounds mm-hmm. on the keyboard. And, and we had to sequence sequence them just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, man, that gave us, I remember being here at Hero House, plug. And, <laughs> no, we always do. And just oh, like going cool. over, you know. Does this work? No. Does this work? No. <laughs> just like forever, it felt like, and that was that. That was a that was just rough because I think it was because it was the first album. It was one of the first songs that we were really, you know, early song that we were really collaborating on. And it was just really hard to find what we wanted, and what I use live now isn't anything. Like oh yeah, I know. It's because true. what we, you know, it just was too hard to replicate live. Live is a completely different. Yeah. thing As especially for a song like anyway. that yeah i mean that, that song on the uh, album is a very like dancey poppy mm-hmm. like beepy song yeah and beepy l- booby very much and and live live it's much more of a of a rocker yeah i mean yeah. we definitely drive it a little more yeah. um i i think there's not a whole that was one where going in you knew what you wanted and i had to try to figure out how to not necessarily replicate it, but get it to where it matched your vision. I, I think I'm going to go with Hey Kara. Okay. Because I wrote a way too complicated bass line. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. you did. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to play and it's definitely, I usually try to stay pretty humble, but I, I, I'd say that I, th- I think that that bass line is impressive. Yeah. I dumb it down live. Like you said, with shore leave, you know, I, 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 I play it pretty close, but it's, you know, I, 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 I cut a few corners for sure. I would say that you and I have the opposite problem when it comes to bass. You play bass like a lead guitar player. <laughs> yeah. And so you put a lot, you put a, and me, I always try to, uh, you know, give that, that driving bass line, which oftentimes is very simple. When we recorded Hey Kara, um, I cheated a little bit more so than normal um, <laughs> because I the that main bass line that's in like the opening and the chorus and everything, uh, I wanted it to, to sound perfect and I couldn't get it to sound perfect playing it because it was just I kept having sloppy notes and, you know, I just couldn't couldn't get it down perfect. So I actually recorded it in two sections and put them together yeah. I, I recorded like the I lower the lower that. part and then the higher part and just kind of stuck them together and it sounded like i was playing one part <laughs> i remember when you did that <laughs> sneaky and uh i'm actually kind of proud of that because it sounds really good on the recording <laughs> pretty seamless yeah <laughs> what's your next question andy I'm going to credit uh, one of our listeners and longtime fans, Richard Jenkinson. Jenkinson. With this one. 
because uh, it's actually a really good, because I have a pretty good story behind mine. Uh, what was your first instrument and how did you get it? I got a snare drum in the fifth grade. I joined school band and I was not good. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Only it was fifth grade you. Uh, the, over the next couple of years, the band director bounced me through a few different instruments trying to find what might work for me mm -hmm. eventually sticking me on tuba <laughs> and, I, and now that i can look back and reflect on it and i i can see everything clearly i think he was putting me on tuba to try and get me to quit band <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's the instrument that would make me want to quit band yeah because i mean i i at the time i probably weighed 70 pounds Oh man! Um, I mean, I was I was tiny. I was thin. <laughs> I was just like so skinny. I could not hold up that tuba. <laughs> man! But as far as real instruments, like what I play nowadays, uh, for my thirteenth birthday, my dad gave me a Harmony electric guitar. Oof! <laughs> um. I mean, he he had plenty of really nice guitars of his own. He's mm -hmm. been a musician his whole life, but he got me a throwaway guitar because he knew that I would trash it. Right. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a harmony. Yeah, it was a piece of crap for sure. <laughs> so that was my first guitar, a harmony sunburst. Ooh. Chris? My first instrument was a piano. I don't know, it's probably second or third grade, something like that. Okay. And I took piano lessons, and the piano that I learned on, my parents' piano, now is in my house. Is that, is that the piano that was almost in my house? That's the, the piano that was almost in your house. It's yeah. also the piano that is featured on Operation Anonymous. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I came over and used <laughs> oh, it to record right. that. right. So anyway, I took lessons for a while, and then I had, um, I had a recital coming up. And I don't, I feel like the name of the song had like, it was like a, a fire engine or something, you know, so it was real simple. And I played the song just for the teacher, you know, did, did fine. And it was time for the recital. I'm like in this waiting room, you know, it's time for the recital. And they, they call me and I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I bailed on the recital <laughs> and didn't play piano again for a long time. How about you? Well, uh, my first instrument was a quote-unquote drum set when I was, like, five, but it was, like, one of those kind of Sears... The, the plastic... Plastic-y yeah. kind of ones. It was loud, super-duper loud, but we lived in, like, a third-floor apartment at the time, <laughs> and my brother was kind of a dick, and uh, I was... Absolutely. And for some reason, my mom made me set them up on our balcony... So I would go out there and play drums on our balcony, but then he, my brother, got sick of me playing one day. He was probably like 13, 14 at the time. Comes out and just starts like picking the cymbals off and throwing them like frisbees towards <laughs> the, towards the dumpster in the parking lot. <laughs> and then he takes every drum piece one by one and starts just like hurling them towards <laughs> the dumpster from the third floor apartment balcony. But then years later, uh, when I was I was 12. Uh, one Christmas, 
the pretty much the one thing that I had at the top top of my Christmas list was it was a drum set, a real drum set. I wanted to make sure <laughs> to specify because I'd been in like concert band playing like timpani or just the snare or it's the like bass real drum. Capital letters. Yeah, real drum set. <laughs> But but I, I was being raised by a single mom and, you know, she didn't have all that much money and just bought a house instead of apartment living. She finally was been able to save up and get us a house and everything. So didn't have too much money. So start opening up my, my gifts on Christmas and everything. And then uh, there, there was this, this one present, this one box that said, like, open me last. And so I was saving it for the last thing, <clears> like. <throat> And then she, and then my and then my mom was real excited for me to open it. And I'm sitting there thinking, All right, what was on my gift list that would be super duper important? This obviously isn't a drum set. And so I started thinking, maybe she put the Super Contra and some other video game <laughs> in there, whatever, whatever it was I asked for the, for that year. Open it up. And it's just a pack of underwear, like tidy whities. <laughs> I was devastated. <laughs> like, like I was just embarrassed, and like I, my high went down from Christmas, and I like shed a couple tears. No, I was, I was crying. I, I'm not even gonna front. I was crying, <laughs> and my brother is over there cracking up at me and made it even worse. And I was just like, shut up. <laughs> Wait, so that's the story. There isn't like a happy ending. Oh, no, 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 no. And then <laughs> and then my mom started feeling bad for being a dick. And she was like, she was like, she was like, hey, why don't you come in the dining room and calm down and everything? And I was like, mm, and I don't know how I hadn't noticed it. But off in the corner, there was a big giant thing with like a bed sheet over the top of it. Pull it off. And it's a drum set. It was like some like it wasn't the best kit in the world. It only had like a snare, a bass drum, uh, a one high tom, no, no floor way. tom, and then like a cymbal that stuck out of the bass drum that was also broken. But that's what I learned how to play on. Here's an easy one. Oh, how easy. It's pretty easy. When you're a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's not, it's not an easy one. Tell you top of the head. What's it's the, not, what's the first thing pressure. you remember? Optimus Prime. What? <laughs> 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 For real? When you grew up, you <laughs> wanted to be Optimus Prime. I'm trying to think of like, well, what, what, what was I really into when I was a kid? What, what did I want to be? Uh, first thing I remember saying that I wanted to be was a lawyer. Lawyer? A lawyer. Because even like as a kid... Like, I always saw, like, people that weren't as well off as I was, so I wanted to be, like, a public defender. Oh. And just so I could so I can help people. What happened? I got into rock and roll. <laughs> That'll do it. I, I never had aspirations to be anything realistic. <laughs> Hence the comic <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hence my current life. <laughs> uh... So I, I never thought, like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a fireman or a policeman. Like, I never, that was prob probably the closest thing to that, that that I believe I probably wanted to do was, was probably be, like, a, like an army ninja. <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> and you should have said, like, Optimus like what was, the, what was the, the dude in the white's name on G.I. Joe? Oh, uh, Storm, Storm Shadow? Shadow. Yeah. You the, wanted to be Storm Shadow. I wanted Shadow. to be Storm Shadow. Because. <laughs> 
But no, no, because I loved GI Joe. I grew up, you know, I, like when I was b- b- between the age of like six and twelve. Like I loved, I loved GI Joe so much. That's gotta be a T-shirt. I wanted to be an army ninja. Army, army ninja. Um, That's the next five-year mission. Sure. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I loved G.I. Joe so much. And, and and I especially liked uh the characters that weren't necessarily that military. Uh-huh. Like 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 the, the like Sergeant nin- Slaughter. Like the ninja characters, you know, and, and like the, the 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 dreadnoughts. Right. Like, you know, they were like punk rockers or whatever. Like I like them. But like I kind of imagine growing growing up and being a part of some like elite task force that like got the A-team. Yeah, the, the like like the A team, yeah. But could wear like you know ninja outfits and stuff. <laughs> this is <laughs> go go ahead, Chris. I, I wanted to be a carpenter. There was always a lot of developments around our mm-hmm. house, and so we were always you know crawling into the dumpsters and taking all that scrap wood. We were always building things with wood, and I just it just I always had a blast doing it. And a friend of mine was like, you know what? When we grow up. You should be a carpenter and I should be a, an architect and we can we can build houses. And I we was like, work together. That sounds like a best great idea. <laughs> you can and, you can build the fortress for my army. And then just right. <laughs> so I, when I was a kid, I and then I'll represent you guys in court when, when, the, <laughs> yeah. when the structure collapses after you oh, no. fight the forces of evil and destroy other nearby oh, no. houses. <laughs> Uh, when I got older and and grew out of like the you know the GI Joes and everything, no, I uh, I I wanted to be a skateboarder. Okay, all right. I, yeah. I, I I had that at one point too, but then I realized I sucked at skating. Yeah, same here. But I but I, I continued to hang hang around with all the skaters. Just yeah, cause they I mean, thought I, it was funny. I, I I could ride a board, and yeah. I could I could maybe go over like a little ramp. I mean, I could ollie at one point, I, I, and I can I, do pop shovets. And I couldn't even ollie. I couldn't figure it out. I tried so hard. I couldn't make it work. <laughs> oh yeah, I could like I could like drop in on, so my, on like a half pipe, but I could never do anything once I got to the other side. I, I <laughs> no, uh, no way I could do that. Nope. I would I would break something. <laughs> so your resume wasn't that impressive. <laughs> no. So I see you want to you want to skateboard for us, and uh, it says here that you can go straight. <laughs> kind of, kind of, <laughs> more or less. You know, I need a push. <laughs> I can make it go. I didn't have a problem making can, it go. I can make it go. I can, I can stay on it and not fall off as long as there weren't too many pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Yeah, you're up. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what is your favorite non-Trek fandom? Ooh. While you're thinking, I already have mine. Buffy. Ooh, now I have another one. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor oh. Who. I I can see that. I I believe that. I do like Doctor Who. Though. That's a good yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. Have, 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 have you watched much of Thirteenth Doctor? Hardly at all. No. Okay. Yeah. It's it's, it's well worth it. I I'm I'm, I I'm digging her. So is is your answer really Buffy? Uh. That that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's lots of fandoms that I, uh, Battlestar Battlestar Galactica was another one that mm-hmm. came to mind, mm-hmm. um, which you know I loved the, the the remake of that and Caprica. You know that whole universe I think is is really cool, but I think as far as a property that I've become most invested in, 
over a period of time, whether it be watching the show or, you know, reading the comic books or whatever, you know, whatever kind of media was out there and evangelizing about it, I think (laughs) Buffy would probably be the first. That one's definitely up there for me. Um, Obviously, we were almost a Buffy band. (laughs) Uh, But probably at this point in my life, slightly higher than that, and even at times possibly higher than than Star Trek, is uh, Stargate. Oh yeah, know. Um, yeah. You've you've talked with me at length about Stargate, and I, I still have yet to check much of it I, out. I never gave it a chance until it was basically over, <laughs> and then I discovered how amazing it was. You know, and I feel kind of stupid for not mentioning it, but Star Wars. Well, yeah, Star Wars. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I grew up with it. Well, sure, I love uh, Star, it. Star Wars was mm-hmm. my my first love as a child. Well, oh yeah, me long too. before you know, Star Trek or anything else. Yeah. We haven't really talked about this, but I went. When, we went to uh, oh Disney. yeah you, you went to, you went to the dark side I recently to, I went to Galaxy's Edge oh did you oh that's and right I saw was, the, the the post it was so immersive and mm. just like it just gave me little kid chills you know I oh, mean yeah. it was really really cool and it just took me back you know it, it felt like I like got to walk into the Millennium Falcon Ugh. and like sit in the cockpit and drive it Ugh. so it's, and it's just like it was just like you know just being a little kid this is, is so is it awesome a, is it a full size like real Millennium Falcon or um, you know I hesitate to tell you anything because it was everything as you do it not knowing what it's going to be like is part of the just drinking it all in mm-hmm. so there is a full size Millennium Falcon I don't know if it's to scale exactly well it I, feels I, like it is yeah that's, that's what I mean like it's, it's not like and I'm not being too revealing and it's not like that. just the cockpit or anything yeah like, yeah it's it's but like you you can like walk up into the Millennium Falcon um, and like look around or pretty amazing mm. to not mention you know I love Buffy but to not mention Star Wars sure is, I think I think any, I think maybe more with people our age I think it's almost implied. Yeah. <laughs> really right. anymore. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like there's there's certain things about Star Wars that give me feelings that other things including Star Trek yeah. don't necessarily mm-hmm. do like like seeing, you know, the Millennium Falcon flying around and like lightsabers and everything. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm 7 years old. Yeah, cuz who didn't people our age who didn't pretend they were Han Solo, Han Solo Luke Skywalker, Skywalker. Princess yeah. Leia. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, who didn't do that? So, and uh, there probably are people who didn't do that. Oh, I know, but but I remember, you know, growing up. That's, I mean, we did that. You know, I was always my brother is blonde, and I, I have dark hair. You know, just like when we played Dukes of Hazard, I was Bo, Bo, and he was Luke. And when we yeah. played Star Wars, I was Han Solo, and he was Luke Skywalker. And it's funny because I think about it now, and I always wanted to be Han Solo. Like I was glad I was Han Solo. I didn't even though Luke is really cool too, mm-hmm. there wasn't a character that you could be that would suck. You know, even being Chewbacca was well, yeah. maybe yeah. being C-3PO. Yeah. Maybe so being great. Yeah. Uh, I, I think <clears throat> as, as a kid, you more idolize Luke, but the older you get, the more you relate to Han and, and like Man, Han. I was yeah. always a Han. So, but uh, you know, growing up, I, I kind of idolized uh, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. You know, I read, well, he was he was iconic. Yeah, and I, so, I mean, he is iconic. It's a little embarrassing, but when I I remember when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was, but I found a picture of Harrison Ford. It was just like in a newspaper or a magazine or something. I cut it out and I put it on a refrigerator, 
And for a short amount of time, I was, I kept telling my family to call me Harrison. Cause like, <laughs> I was so like into, you know, Indiana Jones and star Wars and mm-hmm. just, and regarding being, Henry yeah, <laughs> and witness, yeah. <laughs> but it was, just, you know, ah, witness. so I, I mean, we've gotten way off track here, but star Wars, <laughs> I, I, I feel like. I I feel remiss in not mentioning it, and so yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's it's a big part of all of our lives. Yeah, yeah. If you could have a drink with any Star Trek character, who <laughs> would it be? Out of all the series, the the actor or the character? Character, character. Okay, character. <laughs> it has it has to be just one. Just one. Because yeah, I also thought about like who would be my drinking buddies, right? Cause but I, I I could I could pick like. You know O'Brien and Bashir as like, you know yeah. some some a couple guys I'd want to go out and have a drink with. Yeah, but, but just we're, just one. We're picking just one. Oh man, I think I'm gonna go with Riker, because Riker. Right. Just <laughs> he just seems like, I mean he's a you know, he seems like he'd be fun. He's just, he's, fun he's, to hang he's out just with. cool and just pretty yeah, chill for the most part. But I mean I know you got the drinking buddies like Scotty. Uh, yeah, and, the obvious and O'Brien's. Yeah. And maybe even, you know, like Quark, he's not really a drinker, but he, you know, yeah. runs the bar. Uh, right. But uh, I just think, man, I think Riker would be, would be a hoot. Riker would be a fun one. You can sit on chairs backwards together, <laughs> throw back a few saurians. Play some, play some drunken trombone. Yeah, man. Mourn. Of course you'd say mourn. <laughs> well, look. I know. They'd, they'd sit next to each other in silence. That's true. Very true. I personally would have a drink with Trip Tucker. Multiple drinks. Oh, yeah. With Trip Tucker. Yeah. Trip, because Trip would be cool. Well, also, Chris and I have had, had this discussion before, but he is my favorite chief engineer. I mean, sh- shout out to Scotty for obvious reasons. I but agree. I agree, by the way. Trip Tucker's phenomenal. He was a he was a he think he was one of the more underrated characters in Star Trek. And plus seeing him drunk. In a couple episodes, and also in real life at a convention. Yeah, a we've been times. drunk with him before. <laughs> yep. I do. I would drink Te- with him. Te- technically, you have. That's yes. true. That is true. What you got, Chris? But it wasn't the character. No, that was real life. All right, let's see. Okay. If the technology existed to build a ship to fly out into space that you could live the rest of your life on, but never return to Earth, so like a generation ship. Uh-huh. Would you volunteer to be on it? Why or why not? That's a hard question, man. That is. All right. I'm going to, as tempting as it would be, I think I would choose no. Okay. Why? Because I think that I would get homesick. Uh, I would fair. I would miss blue skies and, <laughs> you know... Flowers, flowers, and birds, and, birds and, <laughs> <laughs> and army ninjas. I mean, I, I guess, I guess the biggest question is how many people are on this ship? Are they people I know? I know? You know, are all my friends yeah. and family going? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely some caveats to that that would influence my answer. But my initial reaction would be, unless the world is burning, right. I would probably say no. Yeah, if it was a matter of life and death. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get on the ship and and watch the or Earth. or is the world on the verge of burning? I mean, current answer yes, but <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't Politrax. Sorry, I don't even know what they talk about on there. I just know they have politics, politics in their name. 
it's a struggle for me not to talk to politics about politics any at any given moment. So I I'm doing pretty well. You're, you're doing good. But we digress. Yeah. Mike, what you that's, got? That's my that's my billism. I didn't give my answer. Oh no, you did. Oh, sorry. No. Yeah. Oops. I I my 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 first reaction is hell yeah. Yeah. Because I I am fascinated by space and what might be out there. Now, you know, given time to think and you know, if if they're like it would just be me, then no. I'm not going to leave my family oh, and my no. my friends. Now, if it was a ship fill, filled with people that I knew, that'd make the decision much easier. But yeah. my, like my initial reaction is that would be amazing. It, it would be, and that's why it's a yeah, hard question the other thing to is, answer. The other the other thing is, if this ship isn't traveling at significant speeds, the first generation is never going to see anything. Right. No. Like, like they're going to be they're going to you, you know you, make you, it to Mars gonna, and then you, die. You're going to get to yeah. Mars in like ten years. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So it, you know it's. Um, but I just I think it's such a fascinating idea and to be able to pioneer that kind of, you know, that kind of adventure, it would just be hard to pass up, I think. All right. So my last question then is, what is your favorite advancement inspired by Star Trek? Which is it'd be easy to say cell phone, like yeah. smartphone, tablet, like that stuff. Oh. But, but, you know, those are obvious. Obviously, those are great advancements inspired by Star Trek. But what's your favorite? What's something that you think is cool? Mine is automatic doors at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I think that that is an amazing thing that didn't exist before Star Trek. Because, you know, when you're flipping through doing your army ninja flips through a door you don't you don't have time to stop and open well, a door I'm, I'm running from carpenter coco <laughs> it is nail gun of doom so that's my choice the automatic door i think is really cool all right what is what what, what are you, what's your favorite cell phone man i mean you say you said besides cell phone but no Cell phone. I mean, yeah, it's it's awesome to have not just a communicator, but also a tricorder and ship's computer yeah, right in your all, hand. We all have computers in our pockets now, along with the communicator, all in one. Yeah. And plus now, I don't have to drive myself insane trying to think of, what was the name of that band that did that one song? Or who was in that show again? No, I could settle bar bets immediately. Like we, I, I still remember like knockdown, drag out arguments in bars before there were cell phones. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, before everybody had a cell phone, I should say. Before the smartphone. Before smartphones, yeah. But if if you had to pick something other than the cell phone, smartphone, I, I would say the most intriguing advancement to me is artificial intelligence, and it's getting creepy. And and what. What it can do. I mean, you know, you've seen the 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 worst case scenario in, you know, Terminator or the Matrix or or the current case where the uh, sex robot started started choking people. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking more, you know, along the lines of like smart cars and, you know, Siri. But sure, sex robots, whatever. <laughs> I, that's my favorite I Star Trek advancement. I raise you, hey, sex robots, killer I mean, sex robots. So, someone has to appreciate what a little girl's made of. <laughs> that's right. Actually, that was that was brought up uh, on the most recent episode of Trek Geeks. They did an entire episode all about the about AI and Star Trek. Oh, yeah, 
Uh, would you rather be out on one of the Enterprises or docked at DS9? Because, I mean, with DS9, you can still travel a little bit, but unlike the Enterprise, you're going to the place all the time. I'm going to say out on an Enterprise. Because we could visit DS9. Mm-hmm. You can't go visit the Enterprise from DS9. Looking at this in a completely realistic way. <laughs> I'm sure. A- absolutely on the NCC 1701D. All right. Because... I Just mean, that's, 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 <laughs> no, there were no bowling alleys unless they were in the holodeck. That was on. Oh, wait. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Just um, 1701. Because, I mean, comfort and, you know, it's like class. It's like you're you're on like a cruise ship in space. D Space Nine is in a war zone. Yeah. Built originally by, by Cardassians. Yeah. Nothing worked on it. It was dark and gritty, and the Bajorans and, were pissed and off. there was still that weird <laughs> random ore refinery where everybody almost died. Yeah. Attention, Bajoran workers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that. I want to be in my hotel room and yeah. get, getting drinks from Guinan every night. Like, Seriously. No, I would agree with you. I would be on, that would be the best one, comfort-wise. Yeah. And, and you'd be exploring space. You'd yeah. be on the flagship of the Federation, yeah. you know, bright, happy uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Clark? I'm I'm going, I'm going with Docked on DS9. Of course you are. Mainly because it goes back to one of my earlier answers about what alien race I would be, and I said Bajoran. Because if you're living on DS9, you could take that quick little shuttle down to Bajor and just hang out there. Or you could just live on Bajor and just kind of commute back and forth. All right, I got one more. All right. What's the worst thing you can remember doing when you were growing up? Oh, God. (laughs) Jeez, Chris. I can't answer this question. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) One of the funniest, dumb things that I did. Yeah. Uh, I was about 16 or 17. You know, before you go, let's, let's change the tone. Let's say the dumbest thing. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> One of the dumbest things that I did growing up was when I was like 16 or 17 years old, me and my buddies were driving around, uh, this tiny little lake town, just, just, just South of where we lived. And we had a couple friends that lived down there and went to a different high school, but, uh, we drove around one night, um, and stole every single election sign that we could find. And it was like during like a sheriff and mayor race. And they were, this was like before everything was all fancy and they were like the plastic kind with like the little wind holes cut out. Now these were all like cardboard with like the sticks you had to drive into the ground. So yeah, we had a trunk full and a whole back seat full. We had two cars going. And we stole all of them. Yeah. One of us ended up getting pulled over with all of them in our trunk. They're like, what are you, what are you boys out here doing tonight? I'm like, oh, we're just, we're just heading over to a friend's house. We're going to have a bonfire. All right, well, you boys, you boys be careful. Little did he know that the bonfire we were about to have was with all of the election signs <laughs> that we had just <laughs> stolen. So that was a good one. That is a good one. What did you do that was stupid, Chris? Not, nothing like that. <laughs> Lots of stupid things. We had a, um, we didn't get caught doing it, but it was still pretty dumb. There was a... You caught now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, this is common knowledge now. <laughs> Double jeopardy. You can't try them twice. 
we had there's a water treatment plant by where we lived. Oh no! And they had a one of those water towers. It's a urine story. No, it's not a urine story. <laughs> we got it in our heads that we were gonna break in, not break, but climb the fence. Mm. And bear in mind, they always had a guard on duty. And so we got it in our heads that we were going to climb the fence, go over to the water tower, which was like right outside the office. And you could see somebody in the office. Yeah. And climb up the tower. But you had to like there wasn't a ladder that went all the way down. You had to jump up and grab the ladder and just kind of like, you know, hand over hand so you could get your feet on there and then you could climb up. And it wasn't a quiet process. No. And you could see this person in the window, but they were sitting at a computer or something and and Mm -hmm. with their backs to us, or typewriter or whoever it was at the time. (laughs) On Commodore 64. They had their word processor. TRS-80. Yeah. And so we, we, you know, we snuck in and we climbed up there and we brought a, uh, like a... We said it was a flag. It was just like this long strip of like orange fabric. <laughs> and we, you know, hung out up there for a while and then tied it off and came back down and just went home. And then the next day, you know, we're riding the bus and we're like, ah, we did that. What we didn't think about were the two things. Like if we got caught, mm-hmm. we would have been, I mean, my parents would have killed me. But also, <laughs> had we fall, had we fallen off the tower? Oh, you'd have been dead. I mean, it was like, you know, two or three stories tall, and it was just, just the stupidity of what we did. Oh no, I, I did, I did this one thing. I, I went to uh, Goodwill once and just bought like a this giant industrial sized like trash bag full of like stuffed animals because it was all like it was like oh, yeah. this bag five dollars, and it was like plush building blocks and like tiny <laughs> little teddy bears like you get out of claw machines yeah. and I thought it would just be hilarious on our way uh, my friends and I on our way to Chicago once I had the bag in my back seat and we're on the highway <laughs> and I'm like throwing stuffed animals at them <laughs> on the highway like hitting other cars oh. and stuff I like oh, but, I, but I thought it was hilarious we used to throw snowballs at passing cars outside of our neighborhood Oh yeah, like too. Big ass snowball. Oh yeah. That we heat where there was there was like a row of pine trees and kind of a uh, a hill that went up into our neighborhood, and so we could just get, hide behind them and just ch- and I remember we threw one over and it went. <laughs> I mean, it was big and it hit this windshield and went <laughs> like all the way across <laughs> the windshield, and they for, they kept driving for a, for a second, <laughs> and then it was like this slow stop. And we're just like, oh no! We we didn't have brains enough to scatter. We just like plastered ourselves to the ground. <laughs> and, and I guess the person wasn't that interested in finding out who did it because they ended up, you know, they got out and wiped off their window and oh kept going. They, they probably just saw it was kids and was like, oh. I mean, it wasn't a busy street, but still, you know, we could have caused an accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there were telephone poles in the area. All right, well, we're gonna finish this off. Uh, Chris and I both had the same idea, and uh, we're going to do just a quick little round of rapid fire questions. So don't think first thing that comes that comes to your mind okay. when I do these. Okay. I'm going to try and clear my head and be zen about this. Okay. Because these are all don't, serious don't, questions. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, think, don't, don't think too hard. All right. Ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Pirates or ninjas? Ninjas. Pirates. Freddy or Jason? 
Freddy. What'd you say? Freddy. Oh, we both said Freddy. Okay. Would you rather fight a lion on land or a shark in the water? Lion on land. Lion on land. Kirk or Picard? Kirk. Kirk. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Summer or winter? And salty. salty. Ooh. Summer or winter? Summer. Summer. To be or not to be? That is the question. (laughs) Ah. Final one. Bill or Dan? I prefer William. All right. Bill like that. I, I refuse to choose on uh, the on the possibility that this may have a bad outcome for our relations with with the, with our with, 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 with our relations with, with our with our father podcast yeah with with, with our parent <laughs> podcast the flagship of the Trek Geeks Network understand I prefer the name William to Bill I wasn't making a reference do you also to prefer who Dan, I prefer Daniel better. to Dan sure why not but you still didn't answer the question fully though. I'll go with Danny. So we got William and Danny. Okay, you guys ready? All right. I got 10. 10. I had only had nine, like a sucker. You ready? Sure. Would you rather speak every language or talk to animals? Talk to animals. Talk to animals. All right. <laughs> On a scale from one to 10, how good a driver do you think you are? Two. Seven. <laughs> two. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. What's your favorite superpower? Flying. Uh, I, I actually, yeah, I think flying. I was, I was, I was gonna stay flying. All right. What's your favorite junk food? Bite-sized Snickers. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Snickers. Or, or, or da, 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 change it. Snickers. Reese's, Reese's pumpkins. Sn- Reese's pumpkins. <laughs> Snickers sounds pretty good. Reese's pumpkins are amazing. I just had to add one the other day because I was like, ooh, it's pumpkin season. And maybe, related, ma- maybe Doritos. Doritos are pretty good. It's regular, regular ass nacho cheese. Yeah. All right. I'm a Twizzlers fan myself. Hmm. Related. Cake or pie? Cake. The answer is pie. <laughs> gross. You are correct. The answer is pie. You it's, guys are gross. It's actually apple pie, if you were wondering. Whatever, you all-American folks. What is your favorite TV theme song Ooh. of all time? Laverne and Shirley. Really? Yeah. I would have thought it would be Golden Girls for you. I'm not a big Golden Girls fan. I never was no, either. Noah loves Golden Girls. Jennifer loves Golden Girls. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah. Kirk or Spock, you already did that one. Yeah, but what was yours? No, no, he he did Kirk or Picard. He did Kirk oh, Picard. Kirk or Spock? So Kirk or Spock? Spock. Spock. Bones or Scotty? Scotty. Bones. I agree. Doesn't matter. How many push-ups can you do in a row? One. <laughs> Fifty. Fifty? Yes. I, I I don't I don't know because I haven't tried since the day that I tried, like <laughs> like four months ago, so, and I couldn't ah. do one. But I've been going to the gym, but I've been so afraid of trying again Here's and up. failing. Here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll after we're done here, we'll we'll, we'll run a little a little okay. test. No, nah, I'm mo- then, I was moving all weekend. And then redactions, you can say how how uh, <laughs> I was moving all weekend. I was. That made me so sore. I still am so sore. <laughs> I can't do it. My favorite is when Chris is doing a voice, he also does the face. That is true. <laughs> you have to do the face. So, immortality, yes or no? No. I'm thinking too hard. No. Wait, did you say cake or pie? Wait, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I agree. Who's your favorite fraggle? I don't remember any other names. Gobo. Gobo! What about Boober? Actually, I like Wembley. You like Wembley? I liked his collar. Like, he had that, like, cool okay. green and yellow. He's easier one. I'm stealing it from another podcast. Uh, I'm going to pick Trash Cheap. <laughs> Who's I'm, your favorite Muppet? 
Animal. I knew that for you. Kermit. Yeah. Kermit. Sell out. Eh. Sometimes you just gotta go with the best. Same <laughs> the eagle, man. That's it. That's it? That's, that's it? Yeah, that's it. It's all of them. Well, I hope we've broken the ice here tonight. <laughs> man, we broke all of it, I think. Yeah, I think I think we, I think we broke the podcast. I think we might have. <laughs> You're I think maybe next time we should And this do has three been the final episode of yeah. Five Year Mission the Podcast. <laughs> The longest episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast. Eh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what edit happens in editing. Serious <laughs> editing. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Five Year Mission, the podcast. The Five Year, the mission. Five Year mission, the podcast. <laughs> I'm just, you know, rolling with it. Five Year Mission, colon, the podcast. Why is there a colon in it? Because this thing. band is always full of crap. <laughs> The podcast is, that's for sure. episode of five year mission the podcast if any of you are interested in listening to more of our music you can check us out on youtube or spotify or itunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music just search for five year mission and we should be the first thing that comes up if you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about you can email us at five year mission band at gmail.com and for more information about the band you can go to five year mission.net and also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter Fansets.com is your home for all things Star Trek pin-related, including pin releases from DC, Harry Potter, and Firefly. You're bound to find something you'll like in the nearly 200 pins. Fansets is currently offering a super limited amount of Brent Spiner and Doug Jones autographed pins. These are almost sold out, and these are also not machine replicated, and both come with a certificate of authenticity. Also, brand spanking new this month, new pins featuring Captain Janeway, Luther Sloan, Major Harris, the Mako logo from Enterprise, Travis Mayweather, Commander Non, and Michael Burnham. And as an added bonus, listeners can get 15% off their entire order at fansets.com through our special discount code. Simply enter the word NOG at checkout, all caps, N-O-G, NOG, in honor of Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. Fansets. We are Star Trek, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. That's okay. This is all, this is all edited. <laughs> are you sure? Cut it out. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the five-year... The five-year the podcast, the five-year. Podcast, colon, the, f- the mission year, the... Five... Five. Thanks for joining us for Five Year Mission, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Spurgeon. Co-host. My guests are Co-co-host. Andy Fark <laughs> and Michael Paul Rittenhouse. That's not my middle name. It is now. <laughs> okay, Coco. <laughs> How do we end this? Just uh, like that. I think that was it. That okay, was, good. That was the end. <laughs> <laughs>